can an imperfect moment be perfect even if you don't intend it to be? That's next on this episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal Podcast. Welcome to 2021, my friends. This first episode of the new year here on the Gratitude Journal Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Matthew is my name, and I'm not sure exactly how to feel after an attempted coup on the government of the United States of America. I guess thoughts on that for a later time, because we've been absorbed and infiltrated mentally, spiritually, politically for the last almost 24 hours about what occurred on the sixth day of January of the new year 2021. It's almost unfathomable that we actually stood there, my wife and I, in the living room with our arms folded watching what had transpired on the screen. It was almost otherworldly. Like I almost thought that Morgan Freeman was going to walk in as within some role as the vice president or something. And it just seemed like it was something on a Netflix movie. So I guess as the whole chain of events begins to sink in, perhaps I'll have other thoughts about what I feel, but I mean, immediately I feel distaste and um, the whole thing is abhorrent to me that it would actually occur. But I won't go into making this podcast a political podcast because I'm not much of a political podcast kind of person and or at least creating political podcast episodes. But I'm sure as I begin to wrap my head around it, I'll certainly sprinkle in comments here and there. So it's not that I don't regard it as important or critical or crucial. I do. But I guess I just haven't completely wrapped my brain around what has happened yesterday and what had happened in the last 24 hours and all of the all of the dialogue and the commentary surrounding it since then. But I'm sure I'll play a role in that until then. It is basically your typical January day here in Northeast Ohio. It's very gloomy. It's very overcast. It's very chilly. There's a light glaze on the deck and on the porch. And in a way, it's kind of good that there is a glaze of snow on the deck because all of the time we spent in the late fall when it was still very nice outside, painting and stripping the porch, stripping and painting the back deck, making it look all amazing. It's already starting to come up already. How is that possible? Ah, I'm so depressed. Not quite as depressed as an attempted coup on our government, but I'm very depressed about the fact that the paint is already starting to come up. And I I went in search of multiple opinions about how to do this right. 
And I thought that I had it all figured out. And I thought all of the powers that be gave me all of the opinions and all of the necessary information for me to carry this out because I'm not much of a home repair guy anyway. How I continue to own a home and be a homeowner is beyond me because my luxurious, glorious wife has been the person who was really, you know, she's the ringleader when it comes to repairing stuff and getting stuff done. And obviously with this current state of things, that role has been somewhat diminished. So yours truly, who even has trouble finding the difference between a slot head and a Phillips head screwdriver, I'm attempting to do all these right things. And when I saw the little peels of paint already starting to come up, yeah, I called Bear. I called him up and I said, what did I do wrong? They're like, well, maybe you didn't use the cleaner right, or maybe you didn't use the stripper right, or what was the temperature? You know, they're giving me all the things that I've already presupposed that I was doing correctly. So the guy felt bad for me. He said, you know what? I want to send you some free paint. I want to send you some free cleaner. And maybe if you do those little spots over again, maybe everything will be great. But I'm telling you, as long as there's snow on the front porch and I don't have to see the damage, that's the only time that I'm in favor of any snow on the front porch. I think it's easy to go into an embryonic state, especially in the midst of a pandemic, especially in the midst of holidays normally spent with family, not spent with family. When it's cold outside and it's overcast and gloomy and you're wearing two sweatshirts as I am here in the basement layer, I think it's easy just to want to curl up in an embryonic state and just wish for spring. Donna's main comment to me or her comment to me that she's basically repeated every day so far in 2021 is, when is spring coming? And she's almost on the verge of having sort of a countdown. So my statement to her, my response to her is, let's not wish away our days. Let's make our days important. Let's do things with our days, right? Let's not just hunker down and curl up in fetal position, waiting for the emergence of spring. And maybe by that time, we'll have at least one day where the sun comes out. Let's not do that. But it's easy to do. And I get it. I get her. I understand. So sometimes we go in search of these moments. You know, we make a plan to effectively find something that's going to lift us out of the doldrums. It's going to propel us forward past this gloom and doom that we're experiencing right now, compounded by the fact that we can't just meet someone for lunch. I mean, we could, but then we'd be putting ourselves in danger and it really would be going against everything that I've tried to preach over the past, whatever, nine months 
that you know we should not be doing these things and i don't want to put my wife in danger and i have to go see my 92 year old parents so i don't want to put myself in a self-quarantine you know all the stuff that i've railed against all the things that i've ranted about over the past several months but it's tough it's like we want to find some perfect moment to justify all of the gunk that we're going through. It reminds me when I first started at a radio station. And back then at radio stations, none of this digital technology existed. So many things were in real time. And one of the things that attracted me about working at a radio station was working in the production room. And for those who aren't familiar with radio station uh, nomenclature and the normal uh, ebb and flow of the radio station is that all of the stuff you hear, like, you know, between the records, all the commercials and, and all of the promos, those have to be produced. And so I didn't really know a whole lot about that. I mean, I just wanted to be on the air in front of this microphone and I just wanted to play records and hopefully like they would send me a check for it and that would be amazing. And I didn't know anything about all this other stuff. Well, once I learned that, like, there actually were studios where you went in and, like, created things, you know, theater of the mind, which is a popular phraseology, I was entranced by this, this, this technique where you could create something not in real time necessarily but you could plan it you could prepare it you could manufacture it you could hone it you could change it and all of a sudden the end result would be exactly or semi-exactly what you had in your mind i remember putting reels of tape up on the deck and sort of holding the left reel inside my left palm and the right reel inside my right palm and rocking those reels back and forth, hearing the, you know, trying to find the exact perfect spot in the tape that I wanted to sort of make my cut. And then I would find another spot in that tape and make another cut and that would eliminate the piece of tape I didn't want. And then I would take the little piece of scotch tape and I would mend the two pieces of tape together and then I would play it over the tape head. And if it sounded the way I thought that it should sound in my head, well, that was a victory. But that took time and effort and it took like a goal. I want to do this. Here's how I'm going to arrive at it. And I remember rocking these reels back and forth to find the perfect spot and wondering why can't we do that with our lives like just find the perfect place and if i do something and i don't like it i can just erase it if i find a thing in my life i can just take a razor blade and cut it out and i can mend something together and i can just delete it and it will be gone wouldn't that be great? And I remember rocking these reels back and forth, finding the perfect spot. And when I found the perfect spot, it was like, it was like this kind of like glow was inside of me. Like I finally found euphoria. It matched everything that was in my brain. And this was a great thing. 
It's like being confronted with this word scramble game. Donna plays this word scramble thing where you have a certain series of letters. You maybe have a hint or two, and you're supposed to manufacture a word out of these letters. And then once you do it, you know, the phone goes ding and everything is wonderful. And when you finally, your brain finally figures out the words, it's like this almost like little injection of, of joy, like surges through you and all is right with the world. But it's almost like you're intending these things to happen. You're going in search of these things. And I'm thinking to myself throughout these times, is it better for us to search out these small little glimmers of euphoria or purpose? Or should we let them come to us? Is it better for them just to come to us? Remember that scene in My Cousin Vinny, which I just watched the other day? And in fact, whenever it's on TNT or whatever, I just stop what I'm doing and I just watch My Cousin Vinny. It's just like one of those 20 movies that just always does that to me. Last night, again, Shawshank Redemption on for like the 478th time in the last month. But I always just stop and watch it. And so does Don. She'll go, ah, Shawshank. And that scene where Minnie's looking at the pictures, you know, while he's in the rib place having lunch, he just pissed off, you know, his gorgeous wife to be. And then he sees the picture and understands like what the evidence was supposed to show that like, like that Satori, I think, as the Zen Buddhists say, that instant moment of ding, ding, enlightenment, like it just happens is it better to just wait for these things to happen or is it better for us to go after these things? I don't know if I really have the answer to that. I don't even know if there's a right answer to that. What I can say is that if we're waiting for the perfect moment to emerge it's probably not going to happen. Or if it does happen, it's probably not going to happen the way we envision it to happen. Christmas was really suck-ass for us. I don't know how you spend Christmas, how you spend the holidays, but I have a large family. I have lots of nieces and nephews. I have lots of just connected family people. And unlike most of the year where there's a lot of family members I don't see a lot of during the year, even though we live in fairly close proximity to each other, getting together for the holidays is, is, pretty, is a pretty big deal. And even though we can't get our parents to emerge from their little cocoon of an apartment too much anymore it still doesn't prevent the rest of us from getting together, catching up. And the house that we meet at, the homes that we meet at, the spaces that we get together in are crowded. They're loaded with people because I have a big family. And this year was just not the case for us. Even though so many people traveled, I mean, if you look at the airport numbers, they're astounding. 
doing all the things I really shouldn't have been doing. But I made a decision, we made a decision that we were not going to do that. And so it was depressing. It just wasn't the same. So this sort of Paul that was on top of things anyway seemed to be magnified. And my attempt at trying to lift myself out of this, knowing full well that I had the deepest, darkest months to quote-unquote look forward to, knowing that that thought wasn't helping things at all. Still, we hunkered down and we tried to manufacture some semblance of a holiday environment. And one day it was just pelting snow. The wind was kind of going. It was ugly. And Donna was upstairs rooting through a bunch of Christmas cards that my mom had given to us. Now, we dropped food off at my parents occasionally throughout December. And in some of those instances, I would double mask and go inside to make sure, you know, they were okay and that the pills were taken and that they had food and did I have to run out to the store and just to say hello. My mother had this huge sack of old cards, like Christmas cards that she's amassed, unused. And they were sitting there in this bag. And I said, what's in that bag? And she says, oh, there's all these cards that I get from all these people that I donate a few bucks to. And they send me cards. And it just was a like a whole shopping bag just full of these things. I don't know what to do with them. And I said, you know what? Donna might want them. Because sometimes we send out cards. I like to send out cards. I like to get cards. But I like to send out cards. And I like it even better when I don't have to pay for them because cards are expensive. So I said, you know what? Donna will take these cards. And so that's what I did. I swooped them up and I took them home. And she said, oh, this is fun. I'll be able to go through these cards. And she was having a particularly depressing day. And I was having a particularly depressing day. And I came upstairs and she was kind of rooting through these cards, sitting at the kitchen table. And I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I'll just work on some things upstairs here rather than sit down here in the studio. So I unplugged my laptop and I took it upstairs and I set it down and she looked at me. She's like, what are you doing here? And I said, you know, I'm just going to sit here with you. Just writing some things, getting some things prepared for 2021. I'll just sit here and I'll just work. And she said, oh, okay. And so Working wasn't really on my mind. I was kind of bouncing between projects. And on the device was that Karen Carpenter song. I think it's I'll Be Home for Christmas. It's one of the Christmas songs that they play constantly that I love. It's one of my favorites. And I'm not ashamed to admit that I love Karen Carpenter. Okay, hurt me, kill me. Okay, you metal fans. That's just the way it is. But it was almost like at that moment, I got a little bit of a 
Satori thing happening. Like, I wasn't feeling very well. I had been having these wacky intestinal issues, and I kind of had a headache, I remember, and I almost took out the thermometer to make sure I didn't have a temperature. It just wasn't a very good day. And Don has been in an extremely large amount of pain, back pain, and always having headaches because of blood pressure. It just wasn't a good day. I was just feeling and she was feeling and she was kind of rooting through these cards. And I was sitting there in front of the laptop. I looked outside. The snow was falling sideways, kind of intermittently. The wind was blowing. But somehow, some way, everything like stopped. Almost like I was rocking those reels left and right, back and forth, trying to find the perfect. It's like, it just stopped. And Karen Carpenter was singing, and there's a place in that song where she just stops. And it's almost like this imperfect, perfect moment happened. Like I was where I was supposed to be. We were where we were supposed to be at this time, experiencing this moment for better or for worse in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a crummy day, in the midst of a crummy winter day, not being able to be around our family. And I looked at her and she just seemed almost kind of like angelic. I know that sounds weird, but the way she was looking at the cards, the way she was focused on them, it reminded me of the way she used to look at grading papers back in the lounge at Mansfield Business College 30 years ago. It was almost as if I had just this little moment of, I guess for want of a better word, I'll just call it enlightenment. And almost like between looking at her and Karen Carpenter singing in the background and the snow just stopping momentarily and just being where we were supposed to be at that particular moment, I just became amazingly grateful for it. Grateful for that little imperfect moment that I guess on the surface signified very little, but at that moment where the reel stopped rocking back and forth and it just occurred, it just happened. And then she looked up at me and our eyes met and then it just went away. It just evaporated. And another song came on Alexa and something else flashed on the screen that diverted my attention. And Izzy might have come over and distracted her about something, maybe wanting to go out. It was like that little imperfect moment became perfect right then and then it left. Can you search for that? I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe you can try to set yourself up for it, but somehow it never works out that way. I've had those instances where 
oh, I have a three-day weekend. I'm going to line everything up to be this perfect three-day weekend. And invariably, it never happens like that. There's always something that screws it up. Either I have constipation or I have a headache or I ended up having to do more work than I should have done or any of the innumerable things that can happen. Oh, I had to go to the ER. You never know. It's like it never happens the way you think it's supposed to happen. And I guess that's the thing, is that these perfect moments can be so imperfect. And all of the imperfect moments, maybe there's a perfect instance somewhere there. And I guess we just have to be open to it. I can tell you, Without a doubt, the one thing that we are open to today, aside from knowing that some yahoo is not marching through the U.S. Capitol with a Confederate flag, is that even with COVID, even with all of the adversity stacked against us, The Cleveland Browns are in the playoffs and they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers and we're going to go into Pittsburgh and we're going to win that damn game. That's all there is to it. We are hyper-focused on that. I can guarantee you. (laughs) Well, hopefully you'll have an imperfect moment. I hope it happens because really we could use a lot of them all strung together. Wouldn't that be great? But I suspect it doesn't happen like that. I hope that your holidays, in whatever form or shape they took, were good and relaxing and they were safe. And I also hope that we all can get access to this vaccine soon. It just seems like the rollout has been chaotic and the information that you would expect to be at your disposal is not at your disposal. And it just seems, the whole thing just seems odd and otherworldly. And hopefully that will get situated soon, that all the medical personnel who need it will get it, all the people in nursing homes who need it and want it will get it, and then it can roll out to the rest of us so that we can begin to inch towards some semblance of normalcy. Until then... Here's hoping you're safe and that you're staying warm if you're in a really kind of overcast doldrums type place where we are. Oh my gosh, our summers are so beautiful here. They are. Our falls are gorgeous. Springs, meh. Winter, ugh, it's long. But hey, let's let's not wish our days away. Let's not wish our hours away. Do something cool or important or critical and who knows? Maybe you'll have a moment. And thanks for tuning in to this first episode of 2021 here on the Gratitude Journal Podcast. <laughs>